I wonder what you value. I wonder what's really important to your life. The thing that you cherish more than anything else. Not an easy question, is it? Take some time and some honest thought, processing, in order to arrive at a decision. I want to encourage you to think about value today. I want you to think about what really matters. And this health crisis that we're in has sort of helped us stop and think about that, hasn't it? It's helped us think about what and who really matters in our life. Who are the important people? Who's your team quarantine? Who are the people that you're committed to above all others? And what are the things in your life that you prioritize and ascribe value to? We know as Christians that we ought to be prizing Christ above all else. And spoiler alert, that's exactly where I'm going. But it's one thing to talk about that in sort of a platitude way. It's another thing entirely to really stop and dwell down on what it would mean for us to move our lives into the direction of Christ-likeness by prizing him above everything else. The Apostle Paul models it for us. He gives us some instruction in Philippians chapter 7. Actually, it's sort of a chapter out of his own life. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul is talking about his religious pedigree, where he came from. Because we all arrive at the present moment in response to everything that's gone before in our lives. Those experiences shape us, those influences determine, at least in part, who we are and how we get along in the world. So in Philippians 3, Paul was kind of listing out his resume. He was a Hebrew, but not just a Hebrew. He was a Pharisee. His adherence to the law was impeccable. He was committed to eradicating the church. And then once he had this religious Damascus Road experience, his life and priorities changed and Christ became number one. He talks about that in Philippians 3. I'd like to pick up with you at verse 7, where he says, Whatever gains I had, these I've come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. A couple of things that we learn. One, Paul is British because he used the word rubbish. Nobody says rubbish, but British people. So there you have it established. New Testament apostle and writer, the apostle Paul, was British. You heard it here first. The second thing we see, and on a serious side, is that Paul had sort of an eye for what we might call accounting. Something that all of us are familiar with, at least hopefully in our personal lives, is keeping an account or an inventory of what we possess or of what the bank says that we possess or don't. Profit and loss. And Paul speaks in that language in terms of his relationship with Christ. All that I had, he says, 
All that I was, I count as loss. So everything that he had said about his religious pedigree, his training, his experience, his dedication, his zeal, all of that, he said, you can take it, you can have it, I don't want it. Rubbish to me. Everything. The thing that matters most is Jesus Christ. And again, it brings us back to our personal lives. Where do we stand? How does this fit for us? To what degree are you and I pursuing Christ in a way that makes him foremost in our lives, in a way that really is saying Jesus Christ is Lord, is number one, is most important. It was actually one of the lessons that Jesus taught uh, during his time with the disciples. And he framed it as well in terms of priority and stated in essence that the kingdom, which he came to proclaim, was to be his disciples or his followers' greatest prize and most earnest possession. And he used parables to help them see it. In Matthew 13, 44, he said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid, and then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Why? Because the kingdom, like that rare prize discovered in a field, is worth all that we have. So we give everything away in order to pursue the kingdom. Again, he said in verse 45, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Why? Because he hit the jackpot. He found the thing that was very important and had great value for him. And so he liquidated all of his assets in order to purchase this. It's kind of what Jesus means when he talks about, ah, you know, when he talks about, when he talks about picking up the cross, Matthew 16, 24. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Jesus and the kingdom that he came to establish is the pearl of great price. It's the thing that matters most. It's a thing that inherently possesses the most value. So Paul said, I will divest myself of everything that I have in order to embrace Jesus and his kingdom that I may gain Christ. Back to Philippians 3 and verse 9. He says, and be found in him. I want to gain Christ above all else. And verse 9, be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. Paul introduces us here to one of the preeminent New Testament facets of faith. 
justification by faith alone in Christ alone. Paul said, I want to be in Christ. I want to have his righteousness, which means like all of his possessions, his righteousness too, all of his goodness, his aspirations, his hopes, all of that as well has to be exchanged for the righteousness of Christ. You see, this is where we learn to relax and smile and become acquainted with the grace of God. Grace of God says you are beautiful just the way you are. So we don't have to clean up our act in order to have a relationship with Jesus. We come to him being the train wreck, the dumpster fire that we are. And we get to exchange all of that for the perfect, brilliant righteousness of Jesus Christ. Paul talked about this earlier in the New Testament. The book of Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, he said, there's no one righteous, not even one. And then he goes through this laundry list sort of in order to make his case. And he concludes in verse 20 of Romans 3 by saying, no human being will be justified in his sight by deeds prescribed by the law, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Which means that God doesn't have a scorecard. He's not keeping track. And it's not about you trying to reform yourself to become a better you. It's about you exchanging who you were for the perfect righteousness of Christ and living a life of Christ-likeness that comes on the heels of that. There's no one righteous, not even one. But Paul says in verse 21 of Romans 3 that now, apart from law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there's no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They're now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that came in Christ Jesus. We believe as Christians in justification by faith. And justification by faith assures us that we're in a good standing with God, not because of our goodness, not because of our efforts or our attempts to live a morally superior life, but because we've embraced Christ in faith and through his righteousness, we're able to become all that God wants us to be. So prizing Jesus, valuing him above all else, begins with this transaction piece. The profit and loss, we exchange one thing for another. I give up my righteousness, all that it was or wasn't. And I take on the righteousness of Christ and I live in him. That's what it means when Paul says to know him, to be found in him. Verse 10. I want to know Christ, verse 10 of Philippians 3. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. That's a great verse to memorize. Two verses, Philippians 3, verses 10 and 11. I want to know Christ. 
Paul's giving us a statement of desire, a statement of intention, which means that Paul didn't always live at this exalted, wonderful place where he had everything together spiritually, continually in an ongoing way. Our aim and our ambition as believers is to know Christ. To experience, Paul said, the power of his resurrection, living in his resurrection life, but also the fellowship of his suffering. Becoming like Christ in his death. Living our lives for the benefit and glory of others. Being the kind of people that God has called us to be living in Christ's likeness. Associated with his death and also with his resurrection. I want to know Christ. What do you value? What's most important in your life? You have to forgive the pause there. I'm looking out at church. My motorcycle's right out in the window where I can see it, and these kids were going by on skateboards, flipping tricks around it. So forgive me, I got a little nervous. You know what I value. But knowing Christ, prizing him above everything else, making him first place. Or maybe moving in that direction from wherever we are, and look, it doesn't matter. It begins with an honest assessment, an inventory of what we find most important in our lives. And it doesn't mean that everything else has to go and that we have to walk around sour-faced in plain clothes living for Jesus so everyone can see how righteous we are. It's nothing like that. It's about putting him first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That's a promise that your needs are going to be met, that God's going to take care of you, that you don't have to walk away and turn your back on your family and your friends and people that you love and you don't have to get rid of hobbies and interests but your faith informs all of those and we are who we are because of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I want to know Christ. I hope that's what you want. I hope that's what I want. And I hope that you and I are growing in that direction. Let's help one another, shall we? Back to the blessing that I started with. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our domain.